Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But if we want to continue to celebrate our lives as we grow older, we do have to recognize when it's time to make changes that will enhance our well-being. And our guest today is an expert on helping us do just that. Marnie Jamison is a nationally syndicated home design columnist, She's also an award-winning journalist, speaker, and a frequent TV guest. She's the author of seven books, including an Amazon number one bestseller, and she's joining us today to share all about her just-released new book entitled Right Size Today to Create Your Best Life Tomorrow. It's an important topic for every one of us boomers out there, whether we're contemplating it, recently did it, or are thinking about it in the future, and I can't wait to talk to the source and find out more. So. Hi there, Marnie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Eileen. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I would like to begin because I want to congratulate you. You have certainly gotten your name out there, your your columns, your social media, and, of course, all of these wonderfully helpful books that you've written. Uh, And I mentioned before we went on air that I recently went through a downsizing move a little less than three years ago, and, boy, do I wish I would have had your books to help me because I made a lot of mistakes. And uh, I think it's such an all – this particular book, Right Size Today, it's so all-encompassing, and it can really help people move relatively stress-free. So you did it, my friend. Well, thank you. You know, I looked around. I've written a couple books on downsizing, and, and I really like to call it right-sizing because really our ideal home and the ideal place and the ideal things we have changes with our stage of life, and we should all be keeping up, but we don't. We end up staying stuck in houses that we might have lived in because they were close to a job we had to commute to or close to kids' schools and the kids are no longer even in the house or whatever reason. It wasn't what we could afford at the time. And all those factors change. And I like to say when the kids are gone and you're, you can work from home or you're doing other things and not commuting to a job, hey, rethink it all and where do you want to live and let's get there. Well, and I would like to start out on that note by you explaining the term freedom threshold. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that is a point. It's usually in the early, well, some people put it like 61, but it could happen way earlier, you know, 50s, where you are no longer obligated to, you know, feed five mouths or all all your kids in the family and you are no longer tethered to a job. You Maybe you still work, but you can do it from home. And you cross this line, and I recently crossed it, where you can go somewhere else and you don't have to live where you're living. So it really, really lets you, gives you the freedom to say, why am I living where I live? And where would I live if I could live anywhere? And too many people just get out of bed every day and put their nose down and trudge through their bound life and don't really think about change. But, hey, you know, you get one shot at this life as far as I know, and you know, let's make it great. And, and there, you know, we go through and break down the obstacles that stand in the way in this book and help you get through that decision-making process, like would it, it may be that you go through the decision-making process and find out you're in the right place for you now, fine, but I bet you could find a better life. 
Well, and two, you're so right because, uh, I mean, I, I think I can speak from, this is pretty much 100% true that at least the illusion that time passes so quickly as we get older. And why not live in a place that's really going to support our lives right now? And if you don't mind, I'm going to read your words back to you, Marnie, because at the oh. beginning of the book, I just, it was so meaningful to me. So here we go. Right sizing, moving to or creating a home that is a perfect physical, emotional, social, and financial fit for your life today and going forward. A right-sized home is neither too big nor too small. It's near what matters, and it contains only those items you need, use, and love. Wow, that said it all to me. That is that is the goal. And, you know, the, the, you know, where there are a lot of magazines out there and articles that talk about best places to retire or best cities to move to, and, and that's all great, but there's general, Eileen. You and I are not average. We're individuals, and we all are. And so what this book does is has people take an inventory in it and ask, answer questions about what really matters to them. For some people, they don't really want to live near family. 7% of people move farther away from family. I don't know what I'm going to say about that. But some people want, some people want four seasons. They want snow on the ground. Other people are fleeing from it. So you have to figure out what matters to you. Do you want to look out and see horses grazing in the pasture, or do you want to be able to walk to the theater? So you, you do an inventory of what really matters to you, and then think about the where most of those items are. And you may not get all of them. You may get, you know, 9 out of 10 or 4 out of 5, but you at least are starting to dial in what matters to you and be very intentional about that that where. And then once you figure out the where, I like to divide this, the book into kind of three big questions, like where, and then once you say in where, in what? Do I need more house because I have a growing family of grandchildren and extended families, or do I want less house so I can walk and go travel? You know, start thinking about that piece of it. Is it a cabin or a condo on the golf course or on the lake? What's what's ideal for you, and then and then we get to what's standing in your way, and that that's kind of a good part too. But I'll I'll, I'll, I'll let you fill in. <laughs> well, oh, and Marnie, I, I I thought just to start out, can you give an overview because the book is divided into three basic sections, and you said there's three questions too. But uh, tell us a little bit about you know when somebody picks up this book, a little overview of each of the three parts that the book is divided into. Yes. So the first part is really a soul-searching questionnaire, like thinking, reframing everything. I mean, taking a new inventory of your life and asking yourself the big question, do I stay or do I go? And then, you know, there's exercises. And and then when you get to the end of all that and you you take a few deep breaths (laughs) and kind of revive yourself, the second part uh, interviews people who've actually made the change or are going through the change or reconsidering where they live and that's sort of a how they did it. And it, it follows people through the journey. Uh, and they all came down and landed in a different place for different reasons. But I, I, love, I love the how they did it piece of this. And nothing expresses better what life is like if the grass really is greener than people who've taken that trip. And, and some backfire, right? And that's reality. But they, they course correct. And they, the important thing is they're, they're thinking about it and they're, and they're moving along. And the third part, and, and honestly, I mean, this was a – I wanted to do a whole book on this, but for a number of reasons we ended up pushing this little – this third section into the book, which I love, 
I like to call it buy it right the first time. Once you find that perfect house in that perfect location and you're going to move, don't junk it up with all your stuff, please. And, and one of the reasons our houses get overfilled is because consumers, including me, don't always know what to look for in a product. We fall victim to a sale or an advertisement or a brand or a celebrity this or that, and we buy things that are mediocre. And I like to say a little bit of great beats a lot of mediocre. So if this talks about how to buy cheap, not brands, but the actual qualities to look for, that what makes a great set of cheap, what makes a great set of pants, what makes a great kitchen knife, what makes a great wine glass. One by one, when we go through every room in the house and we talk about what we need in that room, the essentials, and this will help you be a good, savvy consumer to fill the house with things that you really will love and use and need and are high quality and help you purge those subpar things that are really filling up your coverage and dragging you down. So those are the three sections. Where should you live and why, how they did it, and buy it right the first time. Wow. And like I said, this book is all-encompassing because, well, I'd like to go back to the first section that just impressed me so much. Every single one, I think, of the chapters in Section 1 had checklists and exercises. So you really help the reader really home in on what truly is important to them. And then you can, I know for myself, I can kind of put it in my head and I can make justifications or I can do this or whatever. But you have a chapter entitled Do the Math. And that way you, you kind of take it out of the, the justification and put it down on paper in black and white. So tell us a little bit about Do the Math. Well, first, let me say, I'm a writer, and I, I'm not a numbers person. You do not have to multiply any higher than five. Good <laughs> so, um It's simple math. <laughs> I don't want to and, it, and it creates what it sounds like a fancy term, and I can't even believe I did a data-driven tool. But it creates a, a data-driven tool, a weighted average. On You, you have to figure out, answer your questions about on a scale of one to five, how important is it that I, and all these different, live near a good hospital? live near theater, live near people I love, live near the beach, whatever. You you create this is your life. You you draw it out and then you multiply and you then you look at places you're considering and you fill in how closely they come to matching those important items. And then there's a little formula that'll actually tell you if you're looking at three different locations which one is going to score the highest. And it's sort of irrefutable. Uh, you know, you can go back and change your numbers if you want, but it, it doesn't lie. And I think most people who have done this find that it really reinforces what their intuition kind of already knew. But at least it now is validated in, in a mathematic equation, like this is the formula that says this is what I should do. And that helps motivate you, you know, because then the next step is, well, what's standing between you and that? If you know you should go, what is there? And, and there are several things that people often bring up. One is their furniture or their stuff. And, you know, there are a lot of places that you can sell your furniture. There are plenty of online markets, donations, and don't, don't let that stand between you. And there's even a, a furniture concierge. I just discovered this service. But if you have, you know, a really nice furniture, they will help resell it and take a commission. And you can be assured that your stuff is going into good hands and then free you up to buy what you need for your new place with the cash that you get. 
Another roadblock is people have memories all tied them. Oh, I had all the Cub Scouts here and the potlucks and the soccer games and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? You get to take your memories with you. They don't stay in the house. They stay in your heart. And then there's the fear of change. And, and you know, we all fear change. We None of us loves it. But guess what? It's coming for you anyway. So deal with it because you can't live in a box and have no change happen because it's going to come for you. And I guess the last one is, you know, complacency. People get root-bound and they just stay stay in places because that's where they live and they don't give it another thought. And I, I just really, you know, if there's anything that people take away from this this comment today or this, this discussion is, if you find yourself saying it's too much trouble, take that off. You should just not, don't let it's too much trouble be the reason you don't live your best life. Plow through. Get to the other side. And, you know, I saw, I love this statistic. It was, um, a study that's in the book that um, 26% of people who moved in the last five years moved to a new state. That's really changing it up. Over one in four people moved to a new state. And 88% of those people are happy they did. So I think I mean, Trump here said people just will never be happy, so there's nothing you can do about that. But people who really drummed up the courage to make a big change were glad they did. Oh, Marnie, well, and two, I, I'm going to ask you up front on the air, I, this is going to run a little over 15 minutes, which we usually keep it to, but this is so much information. I hope you don't mind me keeping you a little longer. Uh, I also no, want to say, again, this book, when I said all-encompassing, like I said, I mean, I'm not kidding. You also, in addition to selecting the perfect home, you have suggestions, 10 ways to design a home for the ages. I thought this is brilliant. And one of the things, I mean, there's several suggestions, the ten, but one that I would never have thought of is when you when you're creating where to put the electrical plug outlets, put them up higher because we might need yeah. a wheelchair. We might need to have trouble bending over. All these brilliant things. I'm very very impressed, Marnie. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, and I I credit my readers who reach out to me and they tell me about their stories and what they're doing. And this that story came from one of my a great a great fan of mine and just a great friend that he and his wife they just wanted to age in place and they built a home just fast forwarding into the future like we don't know what's going to happen but in case we need to get a wheelchair into the shower let's make it happen make it make it a possibility and there's nothing in their house that would make you go ew this looks like a rehab facility it's a beautiful home but the doors are a little wider the plugs are a little higher even the windowsills drop down so if someone is in a wheelchair they can still see outside, and I think it's been it was so thoughtfully put together, and it was actually influenced by the famous architect Michael Graves, who was in a wheelchair before he died, and he um, he he designed homes with that in mind. So uh, it's it's thoughtful, and thank you for noticing that because I've had other people mention that that was one of their favorite sections of the book. Even things like putting lever handles instead of doorknobs when the, you know if your hands get arthritic. Um, those are those are small touches you can make in a home that can really make a huge difference. Well, and things that, you know, again, your book, for example, that I never would have thought about. I mean, I, I, it's so, well, 
I kept saying all-encompassing, but I can't think of another word right now. And then to me, to another section that was really meaningful, because I'm a, a fairly recent widow, but eight guidelines when transitioning from loss. I, I, I know a number of my friends are also widows, and this was really, really helpful information, because just to be able to kind of think about things or plan ahead and then grab the book again when you need it, I, I, I really appreciate that aspect of it, too. Oh, thank you. There was a dear man you probably read about, Bob Glockler, who's 83 and lost his wife of very many years, and uh, he reached out to me and sent me the most touching email saying, how, how do I make my home mine without losing her? And it was so touching. And so we talked about what changed. You know, he said, I would probably not put flowers you know, pillows out and, and doilies, lace doilies. So, but that's what she liked, and I don't, you know, anyway, he wanted to move on, and it was so such a sensitive discussion, and we, we came to a place that I think he was really comfortable with. And, and now he has found someone new, and he's going on cruises and trips with her, and it's, it's sort of a lovely, um, lovely transition. So, yeah, you know, it, it's hard. These transitions are hard, but you can make them as, you know, meaningful and, uh, you know, promising, I guess, hopeful as possible. Well, absolutely. And, you know, our home, obviously, and, and when we're older, we spend more time in it. I mean, it has to feel comfortable. It has to feel safe. It has to provide you with the various aspects of what you talk about and but making conscious choices about what's necessary and what you no longer need, I think, is so important, which brings us <laughs> to part three <laughs> and your motto, own less and live more. That's another thing. I'm going to tattoo that on my wall. <laughs> so next time there's a sale, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, or start letting go. It's, you know, less stuff is freeing. And, and there's a whole part of our, the first half of our lives, we are, you know, acquiring, getting bigger houses and, and cars and cribs and nitrous and all the stuff we need for our families, presumably. And then we get to a point where really to live well, you're coming, I hate to say down the other side, but you are letting go and, and take, getting rid of some of the trappings. And it just is so freeing because every single thing you have in your house you are, it's, it has to carry its weight because you're paying for it in the real estate it takes to hold it, in the ins homeowner insurance it takes to, to ensure the content. All of this is, is a, all, all part of your stuff. And in the maintenance and the, all of it, the storage, why if you don't need it? So if you start really trimming things away, you'll find it's very freeing and allows you to pick up and move if you want to, to wherever you want with less encumbrances. Well, and two, like we talked about at the beginning of our conversation, you were you were mentioning, you know, in part three, you really provide some wonderful tips on purchasing and or keeping just the right items and ones that, you know, uh, bring you joy that you use. And I, one of my goals was to only bring when I downsized uh, or right sized. I like that term better as well, but uh, only bring things that I actually really used. And I, I've been here for, as I mentioned, almost three years now and the tip that I am going to turn to uh, this afternoon <laughs> is your tips for closet chaos because of course I was only yeah. going to bring over certain clothes and then you know this is on sale and oh I need a little you know retail therapy or whatever but 
I love it. Purge, organize, and buy new hangers. So tell us about that, if you would, please. <laughs> well, hangers are my favorite, and you can Google that, um, Marty Jameson coat hangers. <laughs> but I had, you know, those clunky tubular plastic hangers and those clear clear plastic hangers you get on from sometimes come home with you from the department store. And those take up width on your hanger. I now have 100% the velvet, thin velvet non-slip hangers. And you you would be amazed at how much space. One of those is like three of the other hangers. So just in that kind of real estate alone, taking up space on a rod, if you can go and unify your how the hangers look, they're not a big rat's nest anymore, and it, it frees it up and get, gives you more breathing room between your clothes. So you can actually see what you've got, for starters. So, yeah, that's a small thing, but it is life-changing. <laughs> oh, like, and it's also one that, if you're like me, you need to revisit every – in fact, I think you mentioned that. You should do it either either seasonally or yearly. I can't remember how you put it, but it's a really good idea to just – purge whenever you can because I think many people like are like me and oh my gosh this is 40% off I have to have it then you get home and go why did I why did I do that so what was I thinking well, so here's my tip for you I like to keep a bag I do keep a bag a shopping bag in my closet and a box in my garage and as I go through things if I see something that's missing a button or has a stain or looking a little pilled I put it in the bag and just, it's not going through on the whole closet, just one thing at a time, goes in the bag. I have a box that I fill up with, you know, books that I, you know, really want to move out of the house or accessories I'm a little tired of, things like that go in the garage. And then when they get filled up, off they go to the donation site. Oh, my gosh, Marty. I mean, simple, practical, usable, great idea. Well, I have really looked forward to this conversation. You have exceeded my expectations. But before we close, you do have a wonderful website, uh, links to your blog, articles, several other helpful pages. So please tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you, your work, and, of course, your fabulous books. Oh, thank you. Sure. Please go to Marty Jameson, that's M-A-R-N-I-J-A-M-E-S-O-N.com. And you can buy my books there. You can subscribe for free to my blog if you live in an area where the newspaper doesn't carry it. And it's free. And um, we'd love to have you as part of the uh, Marty Jameson family. Wow. And so at this point, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners? I think just that this is not a one-and-done situation, right-sizing, downsizing, upsizing, whatever you're doing, that life evolves. And your job, if you want to live well now and every day, is to continue to take inventory and assess who you are and where you want to go. And if you're 60 years old and still have your 30-year-old son's Cub Scout uniform, you have problems. Shake it off. You're not that mom anymore. Live your best life today. I love it. And I am going to close with another quote from your book. Life is happening now. Live with intention. I just love it. Well, Marnie, thank you so much. Uh, your time, your shot, your your thoughts, and sharing your creative, wonderful future, how we can live well with intention and living at a right size for this time in our lives. 
Well, thank you so much, Eileen. It's been a real pleasure. I've enjoyed the discussion. Me too. And please, for you listeners out there, do check out Marnie's website. Once again, it's Marnie, and that's M-A-R-N-I, Jameson, J-A-M-E-S-O-N.com, and her wonderful books, I Really Love Right Size Today to Create Your Best Life Tomorrow. You're going to find a wealth of highly readable information, lots of motivation, and just the information you need to fully embrace your life on the feisty side of 50, 60, 70, 80, etc. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.